Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, and this week it's your neck. Well, the things that go bump in the night that you can't see. Yeah, well, the you are neck. You are neck. No you are David Anthony, and this is As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song, and this week it came down to a vote. It came down to one vote mm. over on Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. We let our homies over there choose the songs that we talk about every few weeks, and this week... They chose Your Neck. And not only did they choose Your Neck, they chose the last song we still had available from the album Crimson. Get out. Dun dun. Uh, And I personally could not think of a more appropriate one to go out on because of the things I will soon say. (laughs) I can't believe that. This is our last crimson song which is insane because crimson seems to have like 17 songs on it yeah i mean Uh, so you know i've got a running uh document and so now everything from maybe i'll catch fire through crimson will be completed holy shit that does now does that include have we done all of the remain songs? There is one remaining, um, also from the Crimson era, appropriately. Uh, so I guess wow. we are not technically done with Crimson in full, but we are done with the actual album, not the material from the sessions. Mm, mm-hmm. Well, I thought that you were going to say that it's fitting that we're talking about your neck as the last song on Crimson, because as we've discussed, the last song on Crimson isn't a great last song on Crimson. No, it is not. And I would argue that this is a candidate for a better last song on Crimson, though I think it would still fall short. So I uh, I am definitely of the opinion that this is a uh, what I think the crimson crimson and closer should be, um, and I think it I think it's a song that is close to it because as we talked about the smoke, not a great closing track, maybe one of their weakest um, or among their weakest, and. You know, I do like that song, though. I just don't think it works in that spot. I don't think it's big enough to carry that weight. Uh, and I think this song, to me, has always had a little bit of that energy. And, and for our Patreon listeners who have heard us do the big resequencing, I put Your Neck Last for a couple reasons. One is that I think the start of it, it feels very like we're kind of summing things up here. There's a lot of self-referential lyrics happening in this song that I think also kind of feel like they're putting a bow on something. And I've always felt like the dip down into the bridge, come back up, um, is a move that I think can really be a nice way to close it, that big go-home moment. 
the unfortunate part is that they kind of just tack on some noises and like don't really seal the song that well. And that's kind of the problem with resequencing Crimson is there's just a lot of tracks that have some unnecessary like an extra 10 seconds on the end of them. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of one of them. Um, and I think that makes it feel like a little minor right at that last moment uh, when it just needs to kind of crescendo to Matt holding those last couple notes boom you're out um but instead they don't do that going to smoke which again i like but i just feels like such a big downshift from where you're at on this song totally and i like your point about it sort of yeah having that last 10 seconds or so kind of take away from the impact of the close of the song itself um i really like the way that this song opens i think that you and i as jawbreaker fans Mm -hmm. can uh definitely get behind that guitar tone the way matt's vocals are delivered it's a really cool um you know kind of sonic landscape behind him i think that the words especially just the opening of it uh, those first two lines are very very cool he's in his um you know he's he's getting pretty heavy with imagery around this time but i think that those first two lines are an excellent example of him threading the line where he's a little corny but he's doing clever shit with it Mm, and i think you know it's definitely one where lyrically, if you're not in the bag, you're kind of going to cringe. Um, but if you are, uh, you're going to enjoy your day. I'm going to stop now. Um, I have always really liked it because it's, it's super playful. And I think that's what I think the reason I like that as a potential closer is I feel like this record isn't super fun. Um, I think it's a good mm-hmm. time. But I think there's a lot of seriousness and self-seriousness in a lot of these songs. Um, whether it's Time to Waste or Burn or Sadie or you know, even the stuff that's a lighter musically, like I Was a Prayer. Like I think it's all very, like, w- we are doing something serious. We're not really goofing off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this song, in the same way that like a Back to Hell does, just injects such levity into this record for me. And I yeah. think having that be the note that they end on would, would make a lot of sense. And I also think, you know, just in terms of continuity between records, I feel like ending with this song would set up what they're going to do on agony and irony a little bit more. Cause this record really kind of goes for broke in the backing vocals and the bop, bop, bas and like, it's really uh-huh. laying it on thick in terms of just trying to be a straight ahead pop song, but I think it still very much feels like them. And I feel like this and like calling all skeletons, not really that wildly far from one another. Yeah, definitely not. Um, this song always trips me up and I think that we've been really complimentary of the late Jerry Finn the work that he did on this record. Um, but there are a couple of things in this song that really 
are confusing to me. The first is like when the full bang kicks in after that, you know, Matt solo chorus. Mm -hmm. The way all the instruments come in and the way the drums come in, it sounds for a second like this song is going really, really fast. Yeah. I don't know if this has that effect on you too or if it's just me, but when I hear everything come in together, I'm like, oh shit, they're going like double time, but it's just like basically something is a quarter beat off of the other one and it sounds like they're just fucking, I don't know, what's this, Jake Don Green Beers? Well, it's funny because I feel like it comes in pretty fast and then the verses, and, and I think this is actually, um, it's a difficult song to talk about because I I like that beginning, which is essentially the chorus, and opening with the chorus is a very hard thing to pull off because I feel like the verses drag that first time mm-hmm. through the song. Um, mm-hmm. It just feels so chunky. It feels very labored. It feels like they just threw a blanket, you know, a weighted blanket over the whole thing and slowed you down. Like, it, it just, this song is paced so illogically. I, like, have always felt it's a very, it's very ambitious and confusing in some spots mm-hmm. for a song that is just trying to be a big pop rock song. <laughs> like, it's really yeah. going out of its way because when you open with the chorus, but a like, okay, so you present the hook up top, but a kind of deviated version where it's not the whole band doing it. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens next is going to feel like a downshift. Yeah. You know? And it, it, it yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cause it, it's so it is a downshift and it downshifts into a verse melody that sounds like it could be anywhere else on this record, which was one of the things that I thought made that resequencing so fun mm-hmm. was that, you know, they, um, you know, so many of the verses are like, feel very cut and pasted, but yeah, I'm with you. It does drag and, and it is a, it's, it, it unsuccessful because that's the thing is like the like pre-verse thing they do i really like and it kind of keeps the attention but then it like boom it slams on the brake and you're really and just the palm muted like chugginess of it doesn't fit what i think should be there um and man i'm getting really into like armchair producer shit here so apologies everyone but let's just roll with it is if i were to be jerry finn in this scenario She's making a bed. Hell yeah. She's so funny. I love this. Oh, did I embarrass you? I'm sorry. Don't watch me. Okay. I'm going to bed. Uh, <laughs> she's such a hard worker. I mean, true. She's working for the weekend. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you Armchair good. Armchair producer. That was nice. Um, yeah. Nice break. Um, yeah. If, if I were to play armchair producer, if I was Jerry Finn, of a, a man who was very well paid and talented. What I would uh-huh. do to make that little, like, if, if we're going to have the song not be the closer, if we're going to have the song end the way it does, what I would do is in that first verse, don't have Matt chug it, just do kind of light strumming and bring those mm-hmm. weird little key things that are tacked on at the very end of the song and have them kind of carry that melody through that first verse, right? Yeah. Because it's just going to be a little more ear candy, whereas 
you know, you're starting, I, I think that like move of starting with just vocals, guitar right up top, so immediate, so grabbing, they kind mm-hmm. of have them end with that by holding those notes, but they throw in those little of like piano key effects, bring those up, put those into the first verse, give it that bigger feel, and then just kind of slide into that chorus, never revisit that again. Because when they do that in the second verse, it doesn't bug me. It feels like there's more life to it feels like they're mm-hmm. hitting it a little harder it feels a little more lively but it just feels like this song is like ooh fun oh shit oh fun again and it's just like it it yeah. creates a weird dynamic right from the top and i think it's a thing that songs that open with uh the chorus that's a very difficult thing to do because again you're just you're giving away the ending you, like you know where the end point mm-hmm. is and it's harder to get people up the hill toward it um in traditional song structures and yeah to your point like it's why resequencing this record so fun is because there's so many pieces on this album that can close sides open sides transition into one another because they really set up these songs to be like endlessly kind of malleable yeah i i think another avenue to take with it you know might be to hold off on that interlude the way that it comes in with that kind of you know step up of heaviness i think that that goes on too long you want to give a taste similar to like lawrence arms abracadaver Mm -hmm. where it opens with those chords and when the band kicks in, it's sort of just the end of the phrase, and then it goes kind of right back in into a palm muted part. Yeah. Um, I also like the drums in the verse are. It's hard to tell if Derek's kind of playing like a march, mm-hmm. or if there's just an echo that's going on that's making it sound like that yeah i mean there is like some weird sounds on this song like truly and again like yeah i feel like you can't really get a sense of what he's going for what he's doing it's kind of unfortunate and i feel that way like a lot of crimson stuff he's obviously doing like kind of big rock moments and then like the bridge chorus section of the song at the end he's really doing like arena rock alkaline trio um, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of subtlety he does on this record that gets kind of lost in the mix. And I think this song has always felt that way. Cause I'm like, what are you playing? Like, what are you, I can't picture what you're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and, and that kind of makes it weird. And I'm really glad you brought up Abercadaver cause that's like one great Lawrence Arm song, great closing track. Always loved it. But I've always kind of compared the song to like, this could have been there like, like a record player if Mm -hmm. they didn't do like two things and it's one, what they do in the first verse and two, all that stuff in the end. And they just let Matt kind of stay in that big anthemic territory he's at on that last chorus and let him hold that note out. Like people would love that shit, eat it up instead. It's kind of like, well, where, what do we do with the song and where do we put it on an album? Dude? Yeah. It's, it's so fucking funny, like breaking it down in this way, because I think that really, they give it all away up front Mm -hmm. and i mean that's what you run into with putting your chorus up top is that you're you're giving it away um but this is your i i think that there's 
there's a great vibe in here because you look at the verses and it's obviously like we're vampires yes. but it's also like yo we're fucking weird like nighttime people like this is our this is our thing this is what we do we're all a part of it um but you lose so much of that just like excitement that joy that kind of call out to the rest of the crowd um both in concert and at home um yeah yeah i mean i i think that's the thing it's like i you know i don't know why this is locked in my head the two songs i think of that open with choruses one a good example one a bad example uh forget the name of the band with the i just want to lose your love tonight or whatever like mm-hmm. which is kind of the same thing that opens with just like kind of a guitar thing and the guy singing it and then when the chorus hits it's the whole band doing it and it feels a little bigger and i think it's effective um the one that i think is ineffective and i think of it because i remember hearing it all the fucking time the summer of 2006 is miss Ma- miss murder by afi um mm-hmm. a song i fucking loathe and part of it is because that chorus is so grating and so forward and obviously it was a huge hit for them that was a number one record it hit people who were not me so good on them (laughs) um but i think that's the thing is when you put a chorus up top you're either going to be like it's going to start and people are going to be like fuck yes or fuck no and you're really gambling there's kind mm-hmm. of not an in between. Um, I'd say that maybe my all time favorite song. God, I'm this is the fucking most old man shit I'm about to throw down. I'd say maybe it's a it's a top three all time song is Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. That opens with a chorus too, and anybody who's seen ghost knows that song quite well Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful vocal melody it opens it's just a it's just a guitar it's just notes and when he finally comes back to that chorus you got the fucking murderous wall of sound (laughs) phil specter yeah um so yeah, it's it's not an easy one to thread for sure. God, I could go fucking all day on this topic. I love it. I mean, it's just like because it's not super common for a reason. Like mm-hmm. this is when you're writing in the pop song format, there is a reason it is like A B A A B like shit like that is cuz you want to lead into it. I mean, it's if you think of it if you think of songwriting as narrative construction, it's really hard to work backwards, like not, in do memento, right? And that's me. Yeah, you're probably wondering how I got here. Exactly. You know, I love a meme. It's it's that type of thing, and it's uh, you know, when you give away the ending, a lot of people don't like to stick with the thing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that just kind of is what it is, but. I th- yeah, I think this is also one of the rare times this band does that because like let's even compare it to another song like I I was making the comparison to calling all skeletons, right? Mm-hmm. That has a hook up top that is not the chorus. Yeah. 
And the reason I think that song works and is is even though it's on a record a lot of people dislike and I think is the a song that carries a lot of negative weight because the first song on a record a lot of people dislike. It's pretty mm-hmm. different. Um I think both those parts are really effective and I think they kind of match. And this one kind of just uses the same thing. And it's like to go to Jawbreaker, you know, obviously this feels like the start of Dear You. Like, this could mm-hmm. also open a fucking record if you didn't also have three other potential openers on this album. Like, <laughs> they were really writing for what was going to be a front-loaded listening experience and did not know how to close it. And, I mean, I think I think this song, though I really like it, Smoke, though I really like it, like, I mean, we've been kind of dwelling in the negatives, and I think I do want to say I like this song. I'm advocating for it being the closing track. Um, you know they they're more interesting to talk about because there's a lot of like routes not taken with them. Absolutely. Real quick. This is the case for guided by voices. You give it away and then you say, I'm out Bye. my, that was my 45 second song. It's the best song ever. I mean, I think that's the thing too, is like, I, I'm not someone who's big on traditional song structure. In fact, it's kind of being into music as long as I have, it's um kind of a thing that bums me out a little bit at this point because it just feels like, okay, I know where this is going to go. Uh, <laughs> and so I applaud people who break from that. And I think that can either take that method of like, we've got one hook and another part, boom, what more do you fucking need? Which mm-hmm. very much agree with. Um, or, fuck it, we're going to just... There is no repeating part. Everything just is new all the time. And I like both approaches. And it's it's something I've been thinking about a bit because, um, as I mentioned, I believe, last week, my Spotify updated and I can see all the play counts on every song on an album. And it's very funny to look at some of them because for certain songs that are too short, there is no data. They don't count as songs, which is super fucked up, um, where it's like, ah, there is no data on how many times someone played you suffer by napalm death or in the case of a more modern example look at jeff rosenstock's worry where it's like ah there's just a hole in the middle of this where mm-hmm. no one <laughs> listens to this one song apparently um and it's funny that i think like we are in this weird moment of uh you know this would not have been a concern when they were making crimson they could just do that but now, mm-hmm. uh, the way you get paid disincentivizes you to write shorter, snappier, quicker songs, and I fucking hate that. Um, so that was my the point I was circling around to. Uh, I just always picture that guy in his fucking guitar shirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you know he loves music. I have a theremin shirt. It's much more confusing. Um, <laughs> anyway. I think, too, that this... How many times they re- repeat the chorus? It's too. a lot. Uh, it's so many times to just like come back to and even have that outro part, which is just the chorus, but with different words and stuff going on in the background. Just fucking cut out the third. Re- or I guess it would be considered the second repetition. But after the bridge. Like, just go straight into that. It's fine. We know. You're the things that go and bump in the night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
happens in three just like swayze's worried about in ghost when they kind of hint that oh maybe he's gonna become a ghost from a plane crash nope turns out it was willie park place willie but actually it was carl his friend things that you do like about this song they're plentiful uh i like the hook i like <laughs> I, I like the tones i like i like that big bridge and a chorus at the end with all the fucking bells and whistles and backing vocals and mm-hmm. and i guess that's why it's again it's, it's always felt like a closer because they are throwing everything into that part you know yeah even though this record is a lot of shit going on um in terms of production and layers this feels like the biggest like we are doing it all right now um so to me it's just kind of like that feels obvious that's that's what you do when you're fucking really driving the point home um but yeah i mean it's the complaints you heard up top it lags in spots i think the first verse feel like really drags and i think you're right they really just they're doing victory laps on this one they're just hitting that chorus again and again which is such a fucking vestige of like radio rock format where it's like well the song's gotta be like three and a half to four minutes to fill time so mm-hmm. like you know scott wyland hit it again um you know like every stone temple pilot song is just like the song again and again and then the third time um it's fucking metallica syndrome like okay we get it the sandman um but like this suffers from it almost unnecessarily uh it's just it's just doing what you're supposed to do and i think they do it well i think this band they can write hooks i think they are genuinely Mm. very good at it it's why i don't hate it when they like play for the cheap seats because it doesn't always bug me um what bugs me is when it's like you're doing it but you have no direction as to why and no perspective and this song does have that at its best moments but what about you what what jumps out for you I love the end. I think that it's really cool the way he, you know, you have Derek in the back um, singing the uh, the chorus as a backing vocal, but it's kind of in that, like, Mike Mills R.E.M. delivery where you're just like, what the, what is that melody? Just mm-hmm. <laughs> And Matt kind of like cut and pasting parts from the verse into that chorus melody, which is probably, you know, looking at it retroactively, that's a good indication that should be doing something different on that verse if those melodies are that close that you can actually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that I think that it's like it's a great start. It's a great end. There's just stuff that is very forgettable in between. Mm -hmm. And then there's stuff that is impossible to forget because it's just reinforced a few too many times. Yep. I could not agree more. Um, I think that, you know, if I... Because this was also around the time, too, that, like you would start to see like the arcade fire come in and like make really big music out of things. And they were really, really good at giving you a taste of like how big it was going to get, but not giving it all away. And I would have loved to see this 
hold back more and really like maybe not even repeat that beginning part until the very very end yeah i mean i I definitely agree with that this song goes so big but really needs to show some restraint to make it Mm -hmm. better and Mm -hmm. you know it sucks because it's like i don't want to shit on the song because i think it it hits a lot of good marks but i think it's just one that needs to be restructured resequenced but they were not (laughs) This record is not the one where they're very interested in that. There's, it, it's very formalist, um, and you know, respect to that. Uh, but I think when when a song comes so close to really hitting it, it's just hard not to see those moments where it's like it's not bad. It's just mm-hmm. it's lacking just a little bit, and it's yeah. kind of what it is. What do you rate it? This one gets a three and a half for me. The highs are high enough. Let's get uh, over the midpoint. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three. Um, I think that it's it's tough when it starts out so good and then just leaves you hanging a little bit. It's like that moment of like, oh, this is going to be it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, all right, all right. Get As you are a podcast about Alkaline Trio, every week we grunt about one Alkaline Trio song. I give it three. (laughs) And this week, it was your neck. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. We give people the opportunity to vote on the songs that we talk about each week. We do some fun Long form, as we've plugged over and over again, having so much fun with that resequencing of Crimson. And yeah, we, I don't know, talk about one of our fun stuff, right? Sometimes it's, it's fun. Time. It's okay. Yeah. We have fun. We it's, talk about yeah. other, we, sometimes we talk about this band. Sometimes we don't talk about this band. It's the two states of being talking about the Alkaline Trio or not talking about the Alkaline Trio. Mm-hmm. Um, subscribe on your podcast player of choice tell a friend about the show uh, give us a rating I saw some ratings and I appreciated them more of them please and we will be back next week we look forward to it we will see you then thank you friends yeah, well, that feeling someone